1: What is going on everybody? It is week 10 of the NFL season and your fantasy season as well. I got Matt here with me. We've got a a fun little episode for you guys today. We're going to preview the game tonight between the Colts and Titans, which should be a good one updates on pig skin pick'em talk a couple trades and other things then of course at the end of the show we will give you time in case you have not watched it to bail out of here but we will be talking a little bit about the uh what is season two of mandalorian so matt how you doing today
0: pretty good you know there's nothing in life that's seen that uh cute little baby yoda for 30 minutes so we can't, <laughs> can't fix i'm ready for my fix tomorrow morning
1: yeah, I, I hate that I always have to wait till Friday night to watch it, but I'm I'm excited for it as well. That, that first episode was really good. I enjoyed episode two. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get more into it later, but it's uh, definitely something I am looking forward to. So let's just start it right off with the Thursday night football game here again, Colts and Titans. So we've got Jonathan Taylor coming in here at 15. Uh, so I think you and you guys must be a little bit higher. So I think I had him drop down into the twenties in my rankings for this one. But Pittman yeah, I, at thirty nine, I, I
0: had him at twenty. So I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm look and see what Dennis, Dennis, and Ricky
1: must have had him higher. Uh Pittman at thirty nine, and then Trey Burton coming in at fifteen. The Titans' defense has been friendly to offenses this season. Do you think that will help Rivers and the Colts?
0: I mean, it can't hurt, right? Uh, But. We've seen Rivers and the Colts play some fantasy-friendly offenses in the past few weeks, and it just hasn't totally translated to – or fantasy-friendly defenses, sorry. It just hasn't totally translated. Um, so f- for Jonathan Taylor, real quick, you were 16. Dennis was 22. I was 17. Ricky Adam at 12. So I think yeah, the true. combination of us having a bunch of different players, we just weren't all aligned on who we thought was going to do yeah. too well. Um, you know, the, the biggest problem I have with the Colts is they're using a committee of three, at least in at least every position. So even if they end up scoring 20 or 25 points, they might use 11 players to do it. And their fantasy volume is King. Um, it's hard to bank on on touchdowns. Like last week, Jonathan Taylor didn't get a lot of carries and didn't get a lot of yards, but he did get a touchdown, so it ends up being okay. But the the week before, Wilkins got the touchdown, and that was kind of yeah. crushing. You don't know if he's going to vulture or Hines going to get a couple of passing touchdowns. You never know when that's going to happen. Tight ends have been kind of the same way. There's some injuries this week, so you got to feel a little bit better about Trey Burton. You know, I thought Pittman looked good last week, but it's hard to trust anything. And you never know when Tennessee is actually going to figure it out on defense. I I keep expecting them to be better than this.
1: Uh, For me, I think A.J. Brown is is a must start. I I can't imagine you've got that many players better than him. Now, granted, I could be wrong. Uh, If you can hit it with your other wide receivers that you'd be thinking about playing over him, but I'm pretty sure... I have Brown pretty high in my rankings this yeah, week. Yeah, we haven't coming into we haven't coming into eight at consensus. So I mean, I, we're all pretty high on him. So I, I, he's a must start for me. He's been phenomenal since coming back and being fully healthy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, everybody knows, I think I've been the the biggest Taylor supporter since the offseason here on this podcast, out of all of us, and. He he was definitely getting more run last week than Wilkins or Hines was, but then he fumbled the ball, and that's really what kind of cost him the job. I mean, if R- R- Frank Reich even came out and admitted it. He, like they pretty much just put him on the bench. It's like I meant to get him more carries at that point, but you know we just couldn't get to him, and that's just you know I get in a way because that's an NFL coach being a NFL NFL coach, but come on, man, yeah, if he's your best wide receiver, he's in your lineup. He should have a good game tonight. I, I'm not expecting him to put yeah, up like 30 points, but.
0: Adam wide receiver five this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, Indy's, Indy's defense is good, but it's they're good because they're good at stopping the run and they're good in their linebacker court. Their secondary is not overall great. Um, and Tannehill can extend the plays a little bit. I expect, I don't know if I think it's going to be a shootout, but I think because they're going to be able to stop Henry, for the most part, they're going to have to lean on the pass, which is why I ranked A.J. Well, Brown as high as I did.
0: That's true. It's really strength versus strength and weakness versus weakness tonight because Colts have a good defense but not much offense. And Tennessee's had a good offense, but their defense has been suspect. So it should be exciting. But your comments – your comments about Frank Reich make me wonder how long it's going to be until we get one of those Game of Thrones creator memes where it says, we meant to get Jonathan Taylor more carries, but we sort of forgot he existed after he falls. Yeah.
1: Well, I, you know, there's a lot of people who think that tonight's going to be his breakout game. Now, I mean, I would love it because as much as I wanted to retire on Monday, I guess I technically still have a chance in a couple of leagues I have Taylor, and so I'm hoping that he can put it together for the second half run here, but... I just well, – I don't know. I think – I almost got, I feel like this season is just going to be a wash for so
0: Maybe here's a good question for you. I was trying to debate in my work league where I really have to win to, to keep staying in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. My three running back options are Antonio Gibson, Mike Davis, and Jonathan Taylor, and currently I have Gibson and Davis.
1: I'd probably stick with that. I think I have – I think I have Taylor over Gibson, but I know I have Davis I think in my top –
0: five this week well knowing knowing that cmc is pretty much out i mean yeah
1: which we'll talk about here in a minute but yeah let me see i'll actually just pull up my ranking since it's a nice relaxed episode no need to really do anything here yeah i do have taylor above gibson i think where the hell is gibson
0: maybe i i have have gibson and davis both. no i don't i have have, not by a ton
1: I have Gibson ahead of Taylor. I just I realize uh, so I have for me this week. I have Mike Davis coming in at eight, uh, Gibson at thirteen, and Taylor at sixteen. So,
0: yeah, Yeah, it's just if this ends up being Taylor's breakout, I might punch a wall. Oh, I know, and and for so many weeks and had him not do. But you know.
1: It's one of those things where you know we talk about it on uh, like Fridays or Mondays when we we all talk about how a player is probably not going to do that good, and then they end up going off, and then you you always hear those people like I left them on my bench. I'm like, but everything told you to leave them on your bench. You can't go back with that the hindsight and be like, oh, I knew I should have started him. Everything right now is pointing to Jonathan Taylor needs to be on your bench because we even though we all know he's a talented running back. It doesn't seem like Frank Reich knows he's a talented running back, and he's going to keep playing Jordan Wilkins. And, and the worst part about it is, too, you go back and look at it, Jordan Wilkins wasn't even good last week. He's had one good game, and, and that is it. And Naheem Hines is, yes, he's a great wide, great wide receiver. He's a great receiver out of the backfield. Doesn't mean that he should be getting carries, 20 carries a game. It should be Jonathan Taylor. So, Johnu Smith, I mean, I am – so here's my issue with Jonu Smith because uh, I was looking more and more into this the past couple of days because I, I was kind of predicting Jonu Smith to have a uh, a breakout year this year, and he was really good early on, but then – and I don't remember his name if I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. When the right tackle for the Titans went out, they have seemed to kept John Smith in blocking more, which is what has limited him in the passing game, which I did not notice until I actually went back and started re-watching some of the games here lately. So yeah, he only had know. two
0: targets on Sunday. He happened to catch them both and get a touchdown. Yeah. I, I talked about that. It was a little, uh, you know, that's – and we've seen that happen with Mark Ingram. Where he had, yep. or not Mark. Mark Andrews. Andrews. Where he wasn't getting a ton of targets, he was just catching them all, and half of them happened to be touchdowns. That's another one that I. So for those of you out there that have Jonathan Taylor and Mark Andrews, this is your week to go ahead and play them because I I pulled them both from this lineup yeah. because I was worried about you know I replaced Andrews with Hawkinson and I replaced. Jonathan Taylor with Mike Davis this morning. And that probably means that I've made a catastrophic mistake.
1: Yeah. So um, we have John U. Smith coming in at 11 though, in our rank. So we also have him as a tight end one. Cause again, I think that he can, when they get into the red zone, he is one of the players they look for. And, and I don't think Derrick Henry is going to have a big game tonight, which usually means it's John U. Smith's time. Then again, AJ Brown, like I said, has been coming on huge this year. But the fact that they are leaving John Smith in, and not just on run plays too, they're leaving him in on pass blocking because of how bad their their backup right tackle has been. That's why Jonu Smith has been limited. He's only been getting at most sometimes five targets, which is not what we saw earlier in the year. Earlier in the year, he was behind A.J. Brown getting eight to 10 targets a game. So it's kind of... He's not someone that I want to bench because he has that. But he's—he we saw it earlier in the year. He's been used in the running game even. So he's a guy they'll use all over the place. But he's one of those guys where we can't expect him to put up those, I'd say, consistent 10 to 15 points every week now. Uh, He's become kind of touchdown dependent, like a lot of other tight ends have become. Just because they're using him more in the blocking scheme, nothing to do with his talent, he's still a very talented tight end. But because they're using him more as a blocker.
0: Yeah, but honestly, given the state of the position, and especially this week with no Travis Kelsey and you know Kittle's gone for the year, it's been a real toss-up. You know, sure. I like Andrews, but he's been kind of in the same the same state. I think what hurt this offense a lot last week is there wasn't a whole lot of pass attempts or pass yardage to go around. Um, you know, that definitely hurt Corey Davis, who we had seen have a better. A better year, um, you know. Prior to last week, Davis had put up at least 11 PPR points in every yeah. game he played. And last week, he took a bagel. He only got targeted twice. Uh, most of the, Brown was really the only receiver that did anything.
1: Yeah, and, well, and the Titans' offense hasn't looked really good, really, since they came back against uh, the Steelers. They they've really kind of everybody was kind of getting the ball and doing good beforehand, and then it seemed like they were out for the two weeks coming come back against the Steelers, and just it's it's been the AJ Brown show, and that's it. Even Henry has not looked quite as good. Um but just to give you an idea, of verbal, can I have uh, I have him projected for eight point eight points tonight. So I, I honestly, literally, have him getting a touchdown, like a twenty yard touchdown, is pretty much what I have for him tonight, right, right around that. Like I'm expecting him to score, but I am honestly not expecting much out of Johnu Smith on the the rest of the Titans here. Tannehill coming in at 12, Henry 4, and A.J. Brown 8, with John Smith coming in at 11. Matt, you just mentioned that Davis has been uh, solid this year up to Week 9, but now we have him at wide receiver 50. Any confidence as him as a flex-worthy start against the Colts?
0: Yeah, I mean, the Colts, I I figure they're going to try to rotate coverage to A.J. Brown, whether that's successful and actually taking him away, probably not totally. But I think that's what has benefited Corey Davis throughout this season. Uh, Adam Humphries is out tonight. Uh, Khalif Raymond's really kind of a a Darth Rowe, Hail Mary guy. So uh, Corey Davis should be second or third uh, in terms of targets. They don't really have a huge pass catching back. I think last week was probably more of an aberration but then again it just kind of tells you about how we have never fully trusted Corey Davis because even with yeah. everything he's done one game that kind of reaffirms your preconceived notions and we all if we dropped him so far that he dropped to 50 uh in a week where you have Atlanta and Kansas City and and Dallas all out so that's a ton of good receivers who've come out plus yeah. plus injuries Um, he's probably a guy that that you end up starting as a flex, and you don't feel good that he's in your lineup until you see your 12 points tomorrow.
1: Yeah, um, I'm with you. I mean, again, I'm I'm someone who's never been high on Davis, so it's kind of hard for me to trust him. I... I, I do have him. Where where did I put him? I was trying to find him in my rankings here and what I have, because I actually think he might have a good game tonight J- just because of what you were saying with them shifting the coverage to, to AJ Brown. Where are you? I hate trying to read quickly. Um, this makes for great podcasting. Good guy. Where did I put Corey Davis? I guess I could just search him, huh? that yeah. probably would have been an easy thing to do
0: oh you're trying to look up your personal rank
1: yeah yeah i know oh wait did i seriously not rank him
0: oh you might have been the one of the reasons he dropped because yeah, i didn't that's think I, why i didn't think i had him that low yep it is why i didn't golly
1: i was in such a hurry trying to do my rankings last night all right well Hang on, I'll pull it up a different way because I do all mine separately on a different sheet. So on my other sheet, golly, I must have deleted because like I didn't even rank Devontae Adams yesterday. Like I got so messed up on, on trying to move my rankings over until uh Stoop said something to me. So I have Corey sit Corey six. Corey Davis in my rankings that apparently I did not move correctly at 36. I think he's going to get 12 points tonight so that's pr- a, a fairly decent day for a flex so yes i would agree that i him at flex so that's why he's down there as low as he is he should have definitely been higher where did you have him
0: i had him at 51 it looks like
1: oh okay so it wasn't much higher than, than uh than where he put came in that so yeah that that's in my bad. I, well, I need to start doing all that part, more of, often part
0: of me wonders part of me wonders too if they don't end up a little bit like last week. I think Tannehill only had like twelve or thirteen pass completions last week, and eight of them were to AJ Brown. There wasn't a whole lot of action going around passing wise as they played a little bit of a better defense in Chicago. And the Colts obviously a little bit of, I'm I'm more with you. I don't think this is going to end up being a blot. Now we say that all the time. And like Monday night ended up being 30 to 27 when I thought it was going to be 10 to three, Yeah, but this one feels more like a game that's 20 to 17 or 17 to 14, something. Cause I, it's hard for me to imagine the, the Colts exploding on offense. Either they are missing a few pieces um, too, and they've just haven't looked all that good. I could see this being kind of a slog on a Thursday night game.
1: Yeah, unless Jonathan Taylor has his breakout game, which I'm I'm obviously hoping for. But uh what are your uh what are your thoughts? Who are you picking to win this game tonight?
0: I took the uh Titans.
1: As I think I'm going to, I have not made my pick yet. And I'm I'm of course that means I'm gonna eventually this- forget and not put it in <laughs> like I did last time, but I, I can't I meant to do it this morning and now I see this one thing I hate. I like doing it Thursday mornings because like, I just go in and go with like my gut feel on who I think is going to win the game instead of going in and overanalyzing it, which is what I'm about to go do. And that's what I think is cost me my lead somewhat in some of these, uh, groups. So why don't you update us on where we sit with our pigskin pickums?
0: Yeah. So, uh, pigskin pick em, uh, in our podcast, uh, network, you're still, uh, sitting in the lead. Um, Sitting there with 86. Uh, it wasn't as great a, a week last week, but you're still up there. I managed to get one better than my wife last week to move into a tie with her. So we're both in second place uh, with 81 um, right behind you. In our uh, Discord chat uh, pick group, uh, Rob still leads the way with 92. just um, doing great. But Justin right on his heels uh, with 91. So – It's going to be a tight race. We're halfway Mark. So still anyone's ball game.
1: Yeah. So how close is um, everybody else in the, the drive and podcast network to, to catching up to me, I guess.
0: So me and Lindsay are the next closest uh, tied at 81. So we're five back. Um, And then Dennis actually moved uh, ahead of Jacob this week. He's, he was sitting at 78. uh, So he's eight back. Um, And then, Jacob is at 76, and Ricky's at 72. Gotcha.
1: All right. I just made my pick, so hopefully that works out for me. Let's talk about some of the news here really quick. So CMC is trending towards out, uh, so get ready to fire up Mike Davis, as Matt was mentioning earlier with his lineup, although some good news I saw this morning on that. He did get a second opinion on his shoulder. It looks like he'll be good to go or likely be good to go by next week. So hopefully just one week here with CMC. Uh, So that is good news for him. Big Ben is on the COVID list, but the Steelers are planning for him to be cleared. So that's one of those things, kind of like Stafford last week. you got to watch. I think he can be cleared on Saturday, though, so that gives you a little bit more time than finding out at like 11 o'clock in the morning Sunday that, hey, Stafford's good to go. You can fire him up. Well,
0: I was just encouraged because last week it seemed like Detroit was doing everything possible to prepare for Chase Daniel, which is what made me think Stafford's not coming off, whereas Pittsburgh's the other way. They said, oh, we're doing all our preparation, planning for Ben to be our quarterback. I think that gives you a little bit better confidence when that came out today. Um, You know, when we were doing our rankings yesterday, I thought he would still potentially be out, so I had Dobbs in there, but I think now you can go back to feeling pretty good if you need Ben to play because it's a thin quarterback week that he should be there.
1: Yeah, I mean, that – I think they kind of had to prepare for Daniels because of, like we say, it took. they literally had to wait till almost 11 o'clock in the morning uh, to be able to say, hey, Stafford's good to go. And so you maybe have to kind of prepare your backup just in case that final test comes
0: back up positive. The one thing I would say that does give me pause about Ben is we saw it looked like Stafford was a little rusty after having been out of practice and, and communication stuff. Hopefully Ben gets cleared early Saturday and maybe gets to go through the walkthrough. Um, but that's always a concern when you've kind of been shelved for a week.
1: I mean, the one thing I will say is they do get the Bengals, so I I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, he probably will get some time. I think it'll be a good game. Bengals have definitely been a a good offense, but I feel like with Um, as bad as their defense is, they might be able to give Big Ben a little bit to get into
0: that, especially because the other thing we don't know about Ben is he injured both of his knees last week yeah. and we're not really getting those kind of practice reports cause it's not eligible for practice. Yeah, So you don't know, like I know running isn't his number one thing, but being able to be mobile and being able to sustain a beating is a big thing for him. Yeah. And you know, you and I are aware once you crest to a certain age in your thirties, a knee injury is a little, uh, more yeah. lingering than it is money's my
1: knees, my knees bothering me getting up out of this chair after the podcast every every day yeah. sitting here for like an hour so I, I i can't imagine what it's like having 300 pound men knock the crap out of you and then try and get him walk around uh nick chubb if you have him it looks like it's going to be good news for you guys uh, he can come off the ir and play the texans Uh, The news today was that he was actually playing without his knee brace, Uh, so that is good. There was a lot of talk that he might have to wear the brace, which I think would kind of limit his uh, lateral quickness, but he did get a practice in today without it, Now I haven't heard if he felt good or bad afterwards about that yet, but that came out earlier this afternoon. So it looks like that should be good. He should be good to go, which is great news if you've been, you know, struggling without him, um, uh, like I have, uh, for like the past six weeks. So it's probably I'm not
0: uh, Zeke's on a bye. Damian Harris has a chest injury. Yeah. You're like, please, Nick.
1: Well, that's yeah. the worst part about it. So in that league right there, I'll I'll just jump right into it. So I I decided to Make some moves. I'm gonna be honest. I don't feel great about. I, I I I was hurting this morning. It took a lot for me to make these moves, but I'm I'm curious to get your opinion. I know a lot of people that I talked to uh, thought it was a great move, and and I get part of it. But my is, I feel like sometimes I get I fall too in love with draft picks because I pay so close attention to college football, and I'm always watching these guys. And and for me, I'm always like I. I really feel like these guys are going to be good in the NFL. But as we always learn every year, not all these guys are going to pan out. And you should always, in my opinion, what I tell people, stick with the players who've proven it in the NFL. So I have a a, a team, my main dynasty league, which I have built through trades and drafting. I know I've talked about it on here before. Um, I've just gotten killed with injuries this year. Uh, I've got Barkley, Beckham, Chubb, and Kittle right now, all on my injured reserve. I, I've been relying really on Zeke, who is obviously, we all know, not been great so far this past, at least since Dak went out. Um, and then it was Adams and Hopkins were my main guys at wide receivers. They were carrying me to wins for the most part. Then I got some interest in Hopkins for some teams above me. I'm sitting at six right now. I'm fourth in points, but sixth in the rankings. And, and one of the teams above me was like, hey, w- what's it going to take to get Hopkins? I want to make a run. Uh, same guy who won it last year. He's sitting two spots. at me, he's sitting at four. Um, but only one win better than me. He's like, I really want to make a run for try and repeats. We've never had a repeat champion in this league. I was like, all right, well, let's see if we can make something work. And so I traded him for Kenny Galladay, uh, Jalen Rager and a 2022 first. Cause he did not have, at least at the time, which sucks because had, I just waited two hours, he ended up getting a 2021 first, but, uh, he didn't have a 2021 first at the time that we made the trade, so I got his 2022 first. That that ended up turning into multiple other trades for me, but just your overall thoughts on that, on on giving up Hopkins for Kenny Galladay, Jalen Rager, and a 2022 first.
0: I wouldn't have done
1: it. Yeah, see, that's kind of where I was, too. A, a lot of people said that they liked it, but the Kenny, more I thought about it. Kenny Galladay
0: has had some some... Good games, but you can't stay on the field now, and yeah. we don't know what's happening with Detroit. We don't
1: – I mean, there's
0: a good possibility Stafford's not back. They could have a coaching change. They could have a philosophy change. And I like Jalen Rager as a prospect, but there again, not enough. And I'm surprised you would even be enticed by a 2022 first well, when you so said –
1: I think it it's not, but what I did do, and, and I only reason I took that trade, it was that it was that or he he offered me two different versions of the trade. He was like, you can have my 2022 first, or I can send you a 2021 second and a twenty twenty-two second, send you two seconds, because I did want a twenty twenty-one pick. Patricia will be gone at the end of the year, so and thank you. Um I still do not love it, but I have heard people a lot of people tell me that they like the deal just based on the the I guess depth that I got back for because when Kenny Galladay's healthy, he's a wide receiver one. The problem is, like you just said, he he's not been healthy this year. He's really been beat up. And so I, I my biggest fear too with Galladay, which I talked about because I work with the guy I made the trade with and we were talking about it a little bit when I got back in today was Kenny Galladay is a free agent at the end of this year. So there's no guarantee he's even back with Detroit. And if he goes to a team where he doesn't get the volume he gets in Detroit, then I, I lost a guy who has a shot at being a wide receiver one. Now I do like Rager. Rager was my wide receiver two coming out this year. And I am, I honestly do think he's going to have a good second half back healthy. They just coming out of the bye week. They got him back last season. He's had two good games. I do think he comes more part of the offense moving forward. So I'd like Rager but I think I I don't think it's unfair to say, and I don't think you know, neither one's Hopkins. Hopkins is Hopkins. He's a top five at worst wide receiver. I mean, it's not easy to give up on that. But as you mentioned, because you're right, I'm not big on the 2022 class, so I took that 2022 first when I thought I was going to get it, and started talking to some other people as soon as I as soon as I thought, all right, if I take this Hopkins deal, I need to make some other moves. I flipped my 2022 first and a 2022 second to someone who i sold will be a better running back class which it will be there's going to be more high-end running backs of that than this year this year there's two guys in 2022 there's three to four i took those two picks and sold them for a 2021 first and a 2021 second so we pretty much just swap picks and drafts he's getting my 2022 picks i'm taking his 2021 now one of them is my 2021 that I traded to him earlier this year, which looks like it's now going to be somewhere in the one to six range, which is not bad. It means I'm going to now get hopefully another high end wide receiver. So that now puts me with two 2021 first and three 2021 seconds with me getting that second from him. So Part of me kind of likes it more in doing that because I feel like I'm building my depth a little bit more. Again, I I like my wide receiver group. I mean, you know how high I am on Deontay. So if Deontay can turn into something, then I feel like, okay, all of a sudden, I have a really good wide receiver core. I get Barkley back next year. My running backs are good now. It sucks because I don't have those like Adams and Hopkins. Like, Adam, If when you look at my lineup every week, fully healthy, it was Saquon, Chubb, Adams, Hopkins, Kittle, and then either Zeke. Well, it's been Zeke because OBJ's been trashed the past year and a half, if we're all being honest. And Zeke, that's a terrifying fucking lineup. And I was like, I guess I could have just waited till next year and seen what happens, but I almost kind of feel like, I've been trying to trade Zeke most of the year anyway, because I was trying to get out on him as well, and that has not worked out, so... I don't know. I just felt like I needed to make a move, and that's maybe another reason why I don't like the moves as much because I'm like, you know what? I probably didn't, but it was one of those things where I was like, I got to do something. I did add one more piece on there, which is probably going to end up screwing me because one thing we forgot to talk about in the news, uh, Mixon has yet to practice all week. So it looks like Mixon may not play this week. I took Giovanni Bernard and Cole Beasley and flipped them to the Mixon owner for T. Higgins. That was the final move that that I made. So, I came away losing Hopkins. I lost Hopkins, Beasley, and Bernard and got back Galladay, Jalen Rager, T. Higgins, a first and... Oh, I'm sorry. And I gave away first and second to get back Galladay... Golly. Galladay, Rager, Higgins, a first and a second this year. So, we'll see. I I, Like I said, I'll be honest. I would not... I did it and I did not feel great about it because I also love Hopkins, but... I don't know. I just feel like having a little bit more depth because the one thing we did agree on this year was we're going to expand the uh, the flex because right now we only have one flex. We're moving to two flex, so that was another part of my thinking was okay. When Galladay's healthy and if Rager can turn into what I think he can be, that also gives me enough flex spot I can roll with as well because my other wide receivers are Darnell Mooney and, well, now it's going to be T. Higgins because I gave up Cole Beasley and I have Paris Campbell who is sitting on my IR as well right now and Antonio Gandy-Golden. Hakeem Butler, still holding out, buddy. I'm not going to drop you. Love
0: you, (laughs) Hakeem. That'll solve your tight end problem.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I have Johnu Smith. I have Johnu and Kittle. So, I mean, it's just that. Uh, Butler, though, and 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 Harrison Bryant. I I went ahead and grabbed him because he was actually sitting on our um, free agent wire, and of course, I got Dwayne Haskins as well, my uh, third QB. So, yeah, I don't. Like I said, I don't love it, and I feel like I. I'm always someone who says you. I love to compete every single year, and I felt like when I made that move, I pretty much just took myself out of the running because the guy who got him now builds his wide receiver core as Michael Thomas DeAndre Hopkins. So I feel like uh, – because I lost him in the championship last year by six points. So I was like, even if I find a way to weasel my way into a championship, if I end up against him or the team that's in first place right now, I'm done for. Uh, so, although I don't, I don't know here, I'll read you his team. And then we, I promise we'll start talking about um, Mandalorian. Cause I don't think he has an overall great team, but you tell me if I'm wrong. His biggest thing is he's got Kyler Murray, who's been just phenomenal this year. Right. But his running backs, Kareem Hunt, Wayne Gallman, CEH, Jarek McKinnon and DeAndre Swift. It's not great. Yeah, like it's not great. He's eight and one, by the way, and he's only ahead of me in points by two points. Wide receivers: Nikhil, Harry, Jerry, Judy, Jacoby, Myers, Tim, Patrick, Mike Evans. Again, not great. You're you're not feeling not one, not a single wide receiver one in there at all. And then tight ends: Mike Geseki and Hunter Henry. So he doesn't have like his. Best players I think he's got, he's got two good young wide receivers and Mims and Pittman that I think will be good in the future. But outside of that they're not helping him this year. So like that's the number one team. So like part of me looks at him like, okay, like it's really not that good. There's a couple other teams that like one of the teams I think, I think is probably going to end up winning it. He's got cooks, uh, Dalvin cook, Jacobs and Montgomery. So I like his running back core a lot. Like he's got good. And then he's got, um, if chart continues to play, he did with, uh, with Luton, he's got chart Claypool Cooper and, and Marvin Jones. So like, I, I feel like he's got a better shot at doing that. And then the guy that I traded to H- Hopkins too now has, um, what is this? So he's got Aaron Jones and he just traded Todd Gurley. So now it's going to be Aaron Jones and either David Johnson or Chase Edmonds. Cause he's got Chase Edmonds as well whenever Drake comes back. So obviously Aaron Jones phenomenal, but I don't not scared of that other running back. I mean, they're better well, than David
0: Johnson, not even tracking to play this week. Yeah. Well,
1: I meant like if going toward the championship, like if we meet up, but this is where he's going to get you. Michael Thomas, Deandre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Tyler Lockett, like that's where he gets you because his wide receivers are now phenomenal. And then he has uh Noah Fant and Tyler Higby. So, you know, when when fans healthy, he's got a great tight end. Higby, I don't trust. So I mean that's where like I see it's not nobody's really running away with it. And that's where I was like, then you listen to my team of like especially me getting Chubb back. I, that's why I feel like more and more I should have just held because Chubb, Zeke, and then Adams Hopkins, I feel like matches up with any of those lineups I just mentioned right there. And then I have Allen at QB, which again, if he continues to so, but uh, you know it is what it is. I feel like getting all those picks and, and Higgins back as well with that all kind of leads toward making my team a little bit younger cuz Hopkins is 28 although he's a possession receiver so I think he could easily play for another 4 years as a top top wide receiver. But yeah, that, that's what I spent most of my day doing right there is is working those trades and everything and I guess we'll we'll see we'll, we'll see how it goes. Not not happy to to get rid of Hopkins. He's one of the reasons I won a championship. So it's hard. It's hard for me to let those things go. But you know, obviously you gotta divorce yourself from the fan mindset, right? You gotta just cause you like a player doesn't mean you should hold on to him. I tried to move Barkley earlier this year, but nobody would nobody would take him. They felt I was overpaying or over asking because I wanted two first for the dude, which I don't think is a ridiculous ask for, in my opinion, one of the best running backs in the league. But okay, here we go. We're giving everybody a couple minutes here. We're, you know, I don't, I don't. I saw a bunch of people just jumped in a couple minutes ago. We're about to start talking about Mandalorian season two. So if you have not watched it and you don't want anything to be spoiled, thank you for tuning in. Me, Matt and Dennis, will be back tomorrow. We'll preview, recap Thursday night football, and talk all of the uh, Week Ten NFL slate on Sunday and Monday. If you do want to talk Mandalorian, you're more than welcome to pop into the chat, say anything you want. Cause we're going to start talking about that now. All right. So episode one, the Marshal, honestly was one of my favorite episodes so far. Again, I, we talked about this yeah. a little off air. Uh, I think last on Tuesday, cause I, I'm yeah. a huge Timothy Oliphant fan. I think that dude is an amazing actor. He, he's like such a good, like comedy right at the right parts and everything. So, for me, I, I loved it. He was my favorite character on that. I, I do hope, you know, they said, Hell, I hope we get to run each other, into each other again. I hope they do get to run into each other again. Kind of what was your thoughts on on him and, and the overall pr- premiere episode?
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really good uh, picking up uh, where they where they left off. I would guess we will see him again at some point. You know, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of like when they introduced Cara Dune uh, in the middle of last year, you knew... Uh, you would probably see her again. And, and we're going to see some of these other people um, as we go through the season. They kind of had already released the information that um, we were going to see some of these characters. We we're going to see.
1: Yeah.
0: Asana Toka at some point, um, you know, cause the guy that co-created Mandalorian with, uh, with Jon Favreau is Dave Filoni who did Clone Wars. So I think yeah. we're going to see some, some tie-ins, but, I thought what they did was good. Um, it was fun to start with that opening sequence where he goes to get information. Probably the moment that yeah. captured everyone from the trailer <laughs> was yeah. uh, LBY looking at Mando hit something and reaching out and closing his thing. So you get to see that in the first few minutes. You don't have to wait. That was pretty good. But then a lot of the episode was kind of interesting. Their, their back and forth was really interesting. Their partnership was interesting. How they beat the... Uh, the giant worm from tremors. Uh, yes. was, yeah, that's exactly what I thought too. <laughs> yeah, and well, and I thought I, I told a friend, I thought they did a really good job. You wait now because we know uh, LBY, the child has that ability to have force ability there was a lot of points in time in that story when they were dealing with the big worm that I thought he was going to play a part and he was going to do something. And I thought they've been really restrained with not having him be like the magical bailout every time. Yeah. Uh, And it was kind of cool to see Bando thinking it through and when he gets himself out and, uh, you know, and gets on the road, I just thought it was, it was really fun. It was really solid. It was nice to be back in the world. Uh, It had great feel like what we saw in uh, season one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I I liked um, I liked everything about it. I liked the whole action sequence there with the crate dragon. It was not at all what I was expecting for them to to go do that. I I, I like the fact that they kind of teamed up with the with the Tuscan Raiders. I think a little bit of a. I I like that he can communicate. It seems with everybody, which is not something you see all that often um, in the Star Wars universe. So I I do like that he kind of communicates with the Tuscan Raiders. I can't remember if this is in episode one or two. So forgive me if I get this wrong. I want to sa- uh, Never mind, It's in two. So we'll save that for the second one. Um, uh, but yeah, I-, I thought it was great. The, the whole battle sequence with the crate dragon. I love the way that they, f- that they ended up defeating. It was not quite as the way you thought it was going to be as yeah. well. And, and all that. So, uh, I like that. What was kind of your takeaway from, from the big act- action sequence there?
0: Yeah, it was fun how they they kind of brought the sides together to um in that sense it reminded me you you often see in a in a different space show series uh, Star Trek a lot of times have is about kind of bringing societies and helping yeah. them find peace and a way to live together and it was interesting to see that kind of incorporated here where You know, they're not going to be BFFs, but that town and then, uh, you know, the Tusken Raiders kind of finding a mutual understanding and a mutual uh, respect and being able to kind of heal the land. it's been, that you know, that's also an old Western trope, too, you know, where and that's kind of in a lot of ways. The Mandalorian has been a little bit like a space Western, um, you know, with him being that kind of gunslinger that goes back and forth. In fact, I'm pretty sure that was the title of one of the episodes was you know, so you know. I thought that action sequence worked pretty well. It was kind of fun. <laughs> I was laughing every time they had to like take the volunteer to go walk the thing oh, out yeah. there. Oh yeah, like, How do you get to be that guy?
1: I don't know the the picking of whatever it is straws or whatever, and you get kind of screwed on that. Yes, yeah, it's like that was that was the one part that I was not expecting when he when he takes a what is it called? Is it um what are they called? I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, I okay. I just had it on the tip of my tip of my head. Um I don't even know what to call it. What is the I mean they look like woolly mammoths, but I'm not what I don't know what they're
0: called. Uh let's look at
1: bantha there we go okay so yeah uh when he takes it out there and then you think that it's gonna come eat the bantha and then he starts running and you're just like and then all of a sudden it just comes up. i was like oh god that's just gotta suck man that poor guy um should i start jonathan taylor tonight or wait and hope two of these guys play chubb carson montgomery Oof. Chubb, yeah, does chubb, look
0: like,
1: chubb does look like he's trending toward playing i don't i'm gonna be honest i have taylor over montgomery i'd ranked montgomery as he was gonna play i still have taylor over him i don't remember what i did with carson though i ranked carson Um, i think he's
0: gonna i thought he was gonna play i would yeah i ranked carson as he was gonna
1: play but i don't remember if i ranked taylor ahead of him or not um i actually did i have taylor two spots ahead of carson so hmm who is Seattle go? Oh, they got the Bills defense. No, wait. Seattle playing the Rams. Rams. I'd probably go Taylor and Chubb. Matt sounds like he's going Chubb-Carson, so for sure you're yeah. going Chubb tonight, or Chubb. Uh, I would go Taylor. I, I still think he's – I think he's in line for a good game tonight. I mean, the bad part about that is, in all honesty, if you want to make life easier for yourself, I'd probably go Carson – because if Carson's back, you know he's going to get at least 70% of the workload. You know, Taylor should get the bulk of the workload tonight. But as we've seen, Frank Reich just uh, doesn't like to play him that much. So, uh, I, I mean, if you want to if you want to be able to put your head down on the pillow and sleep well this weekend, knowing you played your best players, you're going to go Chubb and Carson in my opinion. But I, I do think Taylor has a good game tonight. I haven't ranked over Carson, so I would go Taylor. All right. So back to the Mandalorian, obviously the big thing that everybody was talking about, um, which I'm going to be honest, thank you to all the people who didn't spoil it on Twitter, because usually you have these people come out and spoil it. Everybody just kept talking about, did you see the last five seconds of Mandalorian, all that stuff? I did. What I don't know for sure, and this is what I'm curious to ask you, obviously the armor, which I guess we could have brought up earlier, the armor that the Marshal was wearing was Boba Boba Fett's armor. It's Boba Fett's armor. So that does, so he got out of the, Sar- the Sarlacc, pad is is what you're telling me, from all the way back then. I mean, it, you have it to think...
0: seems like it.
1: Well, so that's the question, though, is that I wonder if, because you brought up the, the director kind of thing there. What could it be? I don't want to say a fake-out, but could it be something where he, he, it's just one of the clones? Because as we know, all of the clones look the same, and it was all Jango Fett, who's Boba Fett's father. So it could just be a clone that found a way to get a hold of Boba Fett's armor after the fact or who knows we don't know but I, I caught that part of it kind of what were your thoughts when you saw that happen and kind of like because I didn't even know what to think I just like oh shit Boba Fett's alive that was my immediate, yeah. immediate thought
0: and I 100% think it's Boba Fett but they also dropped uh before the season was released that we would see Boba Fett in this season
1: oh okay I did not know so that I think
0: that kind of that kind of answers itself, but I thought it was cool. They got the actor who obviously played that part in, yeah. um, in attack of the clones uh, to be in there because, and I think that is kind of probably what they're saying that he managed to survive. So think about the other thing that they had said uh, before that, like the, <laughs> the giant worm was in a Sarlacc, Sarlacc pit. So oh, I did not know that. Yeah, that the they make a comment about that. How would it get into a sarlacc pit without the sarlacc eating it? And he said, "If it, if something else ate the sarlacc or killed the sarlacc." Oh,
1: interesting. All right. So yeah, it'll be. Um, I would imagine we're going to see more of him at some point. See, I didn't know that. I, I tried to. I've seen one trailer um so far of of Mandalorian. It's the one where it shows um I don't remember what her name is in the in the Star Wars universe, but the the actress slash well, I think she was a UFC fighter. Is it Kara? Oh Cara. dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I obviously know she comes it's back Gina at some Carana. point. Yeah, there we go. Uh I obviously know she comes back at some point, and he also gets to meet up with uh the guy who ran the guild um in the first season yeah. that they kind uh, so of work together. so Yeah, so I knew that part. I, I saw that part of them coming back into it. But outside of that, I avoided everything. I, I've got to a point in my life where I hate shit getting spoiled. Maybe that's because effing Shady McCoy ruined Iron Man dying for me. So I try to avoid mm-hmm. everything now um, when it comes he to things that I'm really into.
0: He ruined it for a while. Oh, I know.
1: Well, I guess he didn't ruin it. I mean, I still cried when it happened. I just knew it was going yeah, to happen, but I mean- so. There's yeah, but expecting it's gonna
0: happen and knowing it's I kind of felt
1: like it was going to happen just because as because we are so into those movies and we knew this was likely Robert Downey's last movie, I didn't see a way of them just being like, All right, he's gonna retire now. So I felt like there was they were gonna find a way for him to go out the hero. And so when I saw it coming, I knew it was gonna happen. And I I love Robert Downey Jr.'s all right, Man, but that's not what we're talking about right now. So
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, I- I mean it'll be interesting to see where they where they end up going. Obviously, with just that brief flash, you know, it's kind of fun fan service, but you have to figure yeah. it's going to come up. Um, you know, it was nice in that episode too to see Amy Sedaris again, who plays the the lady that runs the um, yeah
1: the little port this, there and the point where
0: they're going. Yeah, but you know, I'm sure his adventures are going to bring him back there.
1: Yeah, they seem to spend a lot of time on Tatooine for some reason, so they they, they keep going back.
0: In The Mandalorian and all of Star Wars, apparently you have your choice of a desert planet or an ice planet. That's about all your choices, apparently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the ice planet that takes us to the second episode there, the passenger, uh, what were your thoughts on it? Because I know we, again, talked a little off air last week. Um, cause you do not do the, uh, the write-ups on these episodes for the network. It's a uh, Jacob no. or Ricky and and you did not necessarily agree Jacob. with, with their assessment
0: of the episode. No, I threw some shade, uh, in my Twitter <laughs> comment, uh, you know, I get people have complained that it, you know it didn't advance maybe the overall plot. First of all, the whole thing that they started the show with was kind of these standalone uh, stories. Yeah. So maybe you didn't like this standalone story, but I thought they advanced a lot of interesting things with with little baby Yoda. I mean, they had the running thing about him being hungry throughout the episode. Yeah, but I I don't know if you've noticed they've made him a lot more vocal this year, and yep. some of his you know you know. It's kind of growth of personality. Um, those are little things that I appreciated. Um, I thought that it was a nice callback uh, when the uh, you know when the pilots let him go. Yeah. It was a nice yeah. callback yeah. to when he defended and tried to do the right thing during the prison episode. The last you know that that kind of yes. comes back to him. Um, you know, it wasn't the greatest episode, but I thought it was it was entertaining, um, and it had some fun parts. I think people are just wanting them to, to get to something to make like big, massive discoveries and stuff. You got to yeah. enjoy, enjoy the journey a little bit.
1: Well, so that's the thing. Like, I, I don't think that you can say it didn't necessarily move the plot forward because it was there Um, them on the way to this planet where there, he's being told there's Mandalorians. So you can't always just be like, Oh, get on a ship. And uh, now you're at the planet. Like you, you have to build some stuff and I'm with you. Like you give, the whole reason, at least in my opinion, I fell in love with the show was the 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 building of the character and the partnership of Baby Yoda and Mandalorian. That's what's made this show. It's not just Mandalorian, who is a great character. It's Baby Yoda as well. Everybody talks about Baby Yoda, and so I think the continued building of those two is what makes this show interesting. I, I liked. The, the play on there with having, I don't know if they ever mentioned her name, but the frog lady with her eggs and the fact that he kept going and eating them and Mando kept stopping him. And and again, just the building of those two, the way that those two clearly communicate with each other that nobody else seems to understand is, is very cool in my opinion. So I am terrified of spiders, so I thought that whole sequence was kind of cool too. That freaked me out. So again, I, and I like the whole thing with the – I kept wanting to call them Jedi's, whatever. The Resistance or the the, the yeah, fighters that showed up in the X wings, and you getting to see that they're still kind of thriving right now in in the Star Wars universe after the yeah, because well, this
0: is like before, before the, the New Order. Jedi.
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So before it's before the
0: New Order. This is where they're taking a victory lab base.
1: Exactly. So it's kind of cool to see they're still thriving and they're out there patrolling the outer rim. And same thing, the call back there with the prison stuff. Like I thought all of that was really cool. I, I did not have an issue, personally an issue with the episode at all. It was not slow to me. Like what I was going to bring up, I, f- I couldn't remember which episode it was in. I thought the beginning part of episode two was kind of fun when uh, he's driving the speeder and those people in, ambush yep. him to get Baby Yoda. And he goes through that whole thing and kind of the – when he tells the little Jawa that he can take the air, the his his jetpack, and then he kills him, and Baby Yoda just kind of shaking his head at him, like I thought all oh, that was great. I did not, yeah, I didn't have an issue with the episode at all. So I was kind of with you. I was confused, well, by
0: the way, they didn't like it. And so this is where you you also have to kind of separate the the difference in medium from television to. Um, To movies. So if you're used to like the Star Wars movies, it's two hours and they have a lot to accomplish. So you're seeing a lot of A to B to C to D to, you know, because you have to get it all done there. Whereas long form series where you're hoping to have three, four, five, six, seven seasons, you're telling a longer story. You and I were both fans of Game of Thrones. Some of the best Game of Thrones seasons and episodes were the character arc that developed where – Guy spent 10 episodes basically traveling between a city you'd pick up different yeah. interactions and from a plot standpoint you're saying like the guy walked 30 miles in 10 hours well yeah but you got to know about them and stuff and it was almost when they switched course and started going at a breakneck pace that people started missing that and i think those are the kind of, they're trying to take some space in some of these episodes to Build character, build relationship to build your investment in them. I'm sure as a dad, you saw some things, you know, about the way Lby comes to them that were cute. I, yeah, when they're there's a spot where they're gonna where he says he's gonna curl up for for the night, where it reminds me um, of my cat who's made uh, appearances on the show. You know, the way that she like kind, kind of curls into you. I thought those kind of fun things about their relationship and different stuff. And sometimes you have like little light. By like jokes. There was no major revelations. I think people are excited about who we might see or who we yeah. might come back to and what we might get to. But sometimes you just gotta appreciate the journey.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I, I don't know. Like, uh, so uh, bringing up or talking about Baby Yoda here, I guess. Um, and I did see some of this as well. Did you have an issue with him eating some of the eggs? Because I, I saw some people get upset about that. I didn't think anything of it, to be honest with you, but.
0: I think my my favorite medium, I'm pull it up so I don't butcher it, took a screenshot of uh took a screenshot of the episode the way they appear. Um uh, and it basically says chapter 10, where baby Yoda commits genocide while well, you laugh about it. <laughs> and that just made me laugh so hard too. First of all, I I saw the producer come out and try to justify it saying, hey, those were not like fertilized eggs. So it's not like it was eating actual children. It was, you know, you got to take up the grain of salt. It didn't. I mean, if you if you stop and think about a lot of things you see on TV and movies for too long, you might get bummed out about what it's saying about the world or about humanity. I thought it was just kind of a funny uh, little gag um, and stuff. You do feel, I guess, a little worse about his behavior when uh, the mother there kind of saves his life and is protecting him. Um, but like the yeah. best was at the pool when you see him like looking, and then he's gonna reach in. No, yeah. no, yeah. and then that leads to him kind of going up and and screwing up and eating the spider egg. Um, but then at the end, you're supposed to see he didn't really learn anything. To me, it made me think about. You know when we first met Yoda in Empire Strikes Back, he's going around like taking all the food, and you always see him eating and stuff. yeah, I think they're trying to tell you something about the species,
1: well, I wonder if because they seem to be so um. I don't want to say like in touch with the force, but you know, we see even with baby Yoda, we saw it when uh, he, when he saved the Mandalorian, that, that takes a lot out of them. It's almost like an athlete, right? A, a prime athlete. They're always eating because they have to continue to feed their bodies and everything with everything they're doing, all the, their energy they're burning and everything with all their workouts. I wonder if that's kind of what it's like for them. And we also have to remember like, why he's baby Yoda? He's also not like a baby baby, right? Like they've already hinted at. he could be like a hundred years old already. He, he's still developing, so it could be something where he needs all that food. Like I, I honestly didn't think
0: but anything. I'll say of he's it. still kind of in his child phase. And the other, yeah, thing, you know, you you tell your kids not to do things, they don't always
1: listen. Eat, oh yeah,
0: eat those yeah. yeah, don't don't eat those cookies. Where'd the cookies go?
1: yeah exactly oh yeah i have a kid who just ate like half a thing of of chips ahoy's the other day and i'm just like bro those were my cookies so yeah i understand um yeah like i said i I honestly didn't think anything of it i I thought it was kind of funny like you don't even see the the mother freak out as well and she even talks about it like they have to meet the husband to be able to make these it's not like he eats all the eggs like you see him eat what three eggs in the entire episode and then i guess technically the fourth at the very end I would assume if you if you really know anything about frogs, they lay hundreds of eggs, and a lot of them don't survive the process because they have to lay them at the top of water, and they get eaten by other species. So, let's calm down, people. It's it's also a TV show. Like it is, I don't know if they yep. meant to do it for like a humor. Like I said, they could have been something of them showing you like what he's going to continue as he's continuing to grow, and he doesn't understand everything. And yeah, part of it was funny, but again, I think that comes to. The said that being silly, that comes into the the relationship with those two of him almost being a father to Baby Yoda, and like you just said, my kids right now over here pointing, putting up M and Ms on the screen because he's hungry. Like they're not always going to listen to you. So I I I'm with you. I I didn't have any issues with it. Uh, what what kind of you? What are you expecting here as we're getting ready to close out the episode? Episode three. Moving forward, how many episodes are there this season? Is it eight?
0: Yeah, still eight. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna save them while they, while they last. You. Know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I, ma- I imagine he's gonna. They'll, they'll probably what they have seemed to tend to do is if you have a quieter episode, then you have one where they're gonna move the ball forward. Yeah. We know at some point he's gonna hook back up with uh, Grief Karga and, and Cara Dune. Um, At some point, he's going to start meeting some other Jedi. I think we've got a. We're probably going to see some focus. I'm curious. Hopefully, they make it to the planet they were targeting, you know, because the whole reason they set out on that journey was um, because supposedly there are going to be other Mandalorians there. I still. That is one thing, if I was going to be critical, I don't understand exactly why he thinks he needs to find other Mandalorians to figure out where he's going or exactly how that's going to help him, but maybe we'll get to see a team up and. And something like that. But I think he'll get a clue in this next episode.
1: Well, I think from what he's been saying, if I can remember correctly from the first episode, cause I watched it twice. I, I've watched it once with by myself because I didn't realize yeah. my wife wanted to watch. It, and then she watched it again. And he does reference in there that he feels like they're going to be able to point him to where the Jedi are because he has no idea. And that's the one thing we have to remember. Like, nobody really knows of the Jedi at this point because the only one we know of at the time at this point in the universe is Luke Skywalker. Which really might
0: be one of the reasons we end up seeing Boba Fett because if you were trying to figure out why would Boba Fett matter, there would be somebody that would be super familiar with what's left of Jedi. And obviously what's going to be interesting too is if he's going to meet these – Jedi that we saw in the Clone Wars that we never saw in the original trilogy, there's going to be an implication that, hey, uh, maybe Luke wasn't the last one out there. Maybe Obi-Wan and Yoda weren't the last ones out there.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that goes to we've I mean, again, I know when when Disney bought Star Wars, there was a lot of talk that they were going to not go into any of the stuff that's come out of it like the the book series and everything because in the books that's what they talk about that some of the some of the jedi did not die at order 66 and they've been living on the outer rims which we now know is where he's at at the moment with way the x-wings came in and, and and kind of like hey we're patrolling the outer rims so maybe some of those didn't die i'd be interested to see who they bring back i mean that would be kind of cool we we've seen even in the latest three episodes that there's more people who are, I forgot what the word that they used is force, some um,
0: force sensitive.
1: Yeah. force sensitive than we thought, obviously you get a person like Ray who is one of Palpatine's kids. Like maybe we see how that kind of made its way into, into the world as well. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they could go with it and I, I like it because they're not, held to anything if that makes sense they can kind of do whatever because like you said we were never actually showed that Boba Fett died we just know that he fell into the Sarlacc pit and and there's a lot of people for a long time that that have talked about well he could have survived it so now well I guess we'll get to find out if he actually did I I would think that he had to have because I don't know how he would have gotten the the armor out that that's the one thing so
0: and so at this point in time, I, I get what you're saying, that that could be just another clone. I think I'd be more disappointed if that turned out not to be Poe than if it is yeah. So. yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I can't wait.
1: Um. I think we'll probably keep doing this every Thursday since there's really not going to yeah. be a lot really to talk about Thursdays, watch, especially us getting toward the end of the season. Um, so I'll definitely be watching it Friday night. Uh, obviously, there's been a couple of you who sat in here the whole time, so I hope you guys enjoyed the the Mandalorian talk there. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with uh, Dennis with us as usual. We will recap the Thursday Night football game, which hopefully will be a good one, and we will preview the entire week 10 slates and help you hopefully get a win in your league as this is this is kind of it. If you're a, you still technically have a shot if you're three and six, but if you lose this week, you are done. So, and I will yeah. say mention because we brought this up a lot. Actually, um, if you guys are falling out of it, you guys can tune into uh, the Debbie debate on Wednesday nights, or you can download it on Apple. We did a lot of talking about some of the the prospects moving forward. We'll continue to do that, um, and we'll have a bunch of stuff coming out on Dynasty Nerds too, which obviously me and me and Matt both write for as well. Continuing that, if if you are like out of it in a couple of leagues and you want to start looking toward the future, so.
0: Yeah, let's we just hope some play. of these college games actually get to get played. I know, I know.
1: It's it's not looking pretty right now. The whole, everything around the country is not looking pretty, unfortunately, at the moment. But yeah. at least stay we safe have football out there, tonight. people. Yeah, we have football tonight and Mandalorian tomorrow. So nothing should ruin our weekends, at least with that. So me and Matt will be back tomorrow with Dennis. Everybody enjoy the game tonight. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.
0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop. I came out the whole line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. die late. Oh, they tackle
1: him in the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> <laughs>